From the All Indiana Podcast Network. The All Indiana Podcast Network. This is the News 8, 8. Daily 8. Now all the latest news. Kylie Conway has all the news you need to know. And more. Please stand by. Now. Here's Wish TV's Kylie Conway. Hi, this is Kylie Conway, and this is the News 8 Daily for Monday, April 12th. Start off with a little bit of cloud cover early this morning. Had some rain, but we're going to have a mix of sun and clouds with temps a little warmer than normal. Highs climb into the low and mid-60s today. And then tonight, partly cloudy skies, mostly clear though. It stays cool with lows in the lower 40s. Three people were wounded in two separate shootings overnight in Indianapolis. The first happened on Tuxedo Drive, where two people were shot just before one this morning. It's near 10th and Sherman. Police say someone in a car shot a man and a woman walking on the sidewalk. The man was taken to the hospital. The woman, who'd been grazed by a bullet, said she didn't want any medical attention. Police say they do not have a description of that shooter's vehicle. But detectives say they're also trying to find the scene of the second shooting, Apparently, a person who was shot just walked into Community Hospital North. Police say that person is in good condition, so still a lot more to learn about these two separate shootings. Now to a short chase that led to a long series of crashes on and off the interstate. This morning, IMPD says a man in a stolen truck and trailer hit five vehicles overnight as he tried to avoid arrest. An off-duty Southport officer and his wife are among those who were injured in this series of crashes. Two people are now behind bars, but their names haven't been released by police. Officers do say they could smell alcohol at the scene and could see several bottles in the back of the truck. The chase started near Holt Road in Washington Street. Police say the driver picked up a woman, then got on I-70 driving the wrong way on the interstate. At that point, IMPD stopped chasing. The driver continued hitting multiple vehicles on I-70. Police say the driver got off near West Street when he hit two more cars, trapping two people inside. One of those two people trapped in the car was the off-duty Southport officer's wife. Officers say she had to be cut out of the car. Police didn't say how many others were hurt in the crashes, but IMPD does say that the truck had been involved in other trailer thefts. We actually, from what I understand, had picked this truck up before um, during the Final Four, but due to the dangerous driving, again, we had to terminate the pursuit uh, because the the threat outweighed what we were going to gain by catching them. Um, You know, you're talking about a property theft, um, so uh, we didn't want to put anybody's life in danger, but tonight, unfortunately, Uh, Even though we quit chasing them, they kept running. Police did not confirm the total number of people injured or the extent of those injuries. The driver and passenger were arrested after they ran away from the scene. The area was closed down for quite a while last night just to get everything cleaned up. The Johnson County Jail is locked down after a COVID-19 outbreak. This morning, Johnson County Sheriff Dwayne Burgess says the lockdown is for safety and security. Eight inmates tested positive for the virus on Saturday. The county's health department was notified, and according to the sheriff, there are enough Johnson & Johnson shots to vaccinate every inmate and every staff member at the jail if they want one. And today is the start of a new federal program aimed at easing the financial burden from losing a loved one to coronavirus. FEMA will start accepting applications for funeral assistance. So that means this morning the CDC is reporting nearly 560,000 COVID-19 deaths in the U.S., So more than half a million families can get help paying for services, including the 12,743 people who have died in Indiana. Before calling to apply, FEMA suggests you have an official death certificate that attributes the death to COVID-19. You will also need all documents related to funeral expenses. The number to call is 844-684-6333, 844-684-6333. 
The line is open weekdays from 9 to 9, and that started this morning. CDC data shows there will be a significant drop in the number of Johnson & Johnson shots. The agency reports 785,500 doses will be available this week. That is 84% less compared to last week. The company's waiting for government approval to get a Baltimore facility running again after millions of doses had to be thrown out because they were contaminated. Johnson & Johnson still says it's on track to deliver 100 million doses by the end of May. And this morning, there's a mix of caution and optimism in the COVID-19 fight. Hospitalizations are rising, while the number of vaccines being administered hits a new milestone. The CDC reports that for the third straight week, cases and hospitalizations have increased. The agency is seeing the rising numbers in younger adults, mostly those who haven't been vaccinated yet. The White House COVID-19 data director called Saturday and Sunday record vaccination days. He tweeted that more than 4.6 million doses were given. That's over 500,000 more than went out the week before. The director reported more than 3.5 million shots on Sunday. And uh, news away from the coronavirus, a deadly police shooting leads to new protests and unrest in Minnesota. It happened in Brooklyn Center, just north of Minneapolis. According to police, an officer stopped a man who was wanted on a warrant and ended up shooting at him. Police say the man then drove off wounded, hit another vehicle, then later died. Officials haven't shared the man's identity, but relatives say he was 20-year-old Dante Wright. Video shows the people taking to the streets in the hours after the shooting. According to the Minnesota Department of Safety, things started to turn chaotic and violent later in the night. Uh, we saw uh, rocks and other objects uh, thrown at the police department. There were reports of shots fired in the area of the police department. We have reports of approximately 20 businesses that were broken into uh, during that period. The mayor of Brooklyn Center shared on Twitter that he plans to hold a press conference on the shooting sometime this morning. And prosecutors are preparing for some of their final witnesses in the Derek Chauvin murder trial. Family and friends of George Floyd are expected to take the stand starting this week. The state is expected to rest its case this week. That means the defense will argue its case and start calling its own witnesses. The attorney for Floyd's family says this next leg of the trial will be challenging for his loved ones. It's going to be a, a very big test for them because they're going to hear their brother, uh, their father, uh, their loved one called everything but a child of God. They're going to talk about him as a, a person having uh, opioid addiction. They're going to try to use that as the basis to say that's why he died. Chauvin is accused of killing Floyd by kneeling on his neck for more than nine minutes. He's charged with second-degree murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter. The governor of Virginia is calling for an independent investigation into the pepper spraying of an Army officer during a traffic stop. According to the town of Windsor, one of the two officers involved is fired. It happened late last year, but the issue has gotten new attention in recent days as people share the video. Karan Nazario is a second lieutenant. The video shows two officers pointing their guns using pepper spray, pinning Nazario to the ground and threatening him with felony charges. Before eventually letting him go, one officer also appears to make a reference to the electric chair. Now, Nazario is suing. It's really shocking to see law enforcement behaving this way to people who have sworn to uphold and defend the United States Constitution. City officials say officers with the police department are now required to have additional training. Today, the nation's infrastructure will likely be top of mind for members of Congress returning from recess. 
President Biden plans to meet with members of the House and Senate to discuss the American Jobs Plan. The White House has not confirmed a list of the attendees, but officials say the meeting will include Democrats and Republicans. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says he's hoping for bipartisan collaboration. So we would like to work with them and we will try to work with them, but we have to get things done. And if we can't work with them, we'll move forward on our own. But our choice would be to work with them. Boosting the corporate tax rate will likely be a major sticking point for Republicans heading into today's meeting. Here's Republican Representative Liz Cheney. And you are certainly going to see, in addition to the corporate tax increases in the bill, uh, you'll see middle class tax increases. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg says the president would like to see lawmakers make progress on the plan by Memorial Day. As we've reported on Daybreak at Wish TV, on WishTV.com, here on the podcast as well, the $2.3 trillion plan would focus on traditional infrastructure projects like roads and bridges. It would also allocate funds to update the nation's electrical grids and expand broadband internet. And a report out this morning says embattled Congressman Matt Gates was denied a meeting with former President Trump. CNN is citing two sources saying the Florida congressman was turned away from meeting with a former president. Gates is under investigation for sex trafficking. A spokesperson for Gates says he never requested a meeting. Trump has issued only one statement about Gates since the sex trafficking inquiry became public at the beginning of April. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash acquire. That's linkedin.com slash acquire. Terms and conditions apply. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. State lawmakers are planning a post-session return to the state house. Leaders say the House and Senate will come back to redraw districts for Congress and the Indiana General Assembly. The changes have to wait until new census data comes out, and that's not set to happen until August at the earliest. The pandemic has delayed the census timeline. Republican House Speaker Todd Houston says there will be public hearings around the state before lawmakers vote. And today is the first of three virtual town hall meetings for IPS families as the district changes the way many students get to school. The meetings will look at the proposed changes for next school year. The proposal includes moving some high school students from yellow school buses to Indigo buses and stricter use of existing walk zones, meaning more students will walk and there will be fewer bus routes. Superintendent Alicia Johnson says leaders will answer questions that people have submitted for the meetings. The overwhelming theme of those questions so far has been around student safety. So we'll also have representatives from Indigo and our team to talk about the work we're doing to support student safety during these town hall conversations. Tonight's virtual meeting starts at 6. Another one Wednesday will focus on walking policies. One Thursday covers the Indigo plan. 
And starting today, all students at Hamilton Southeastern Schools are back in the classroom. The district's welcoming back students in 7th and 8th grade four days a week for in-person learning. According to the district's operations plan, 7th and 8th graders will be in-person Mondays through Thursdays with an e-learning day on Fridays. All other grades are already back in the classroom start during the week. The district says a virtual-only option will still be offered through the end of the school year. And this morning, Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell is sharing a positive economic outlook. During an interview with 60 Minutes, Powell says the U.S. economy is at an inflection point and it will continue to recover. According to Powell, the vaccination rollout and strong financial policies will create jobs and grow the economy. Powell also addressed a concern many people have, saying any increases in inflation over the summer should only be temporary. He says the principal risk to the U.S. economy is a fourth wave of COVID-19. To some business headlines now, a Brookings Institution study titled State of Renewal, charting a new course for Indiana's economic growth and inclusion, suggests a mixed bag for the state's economic future. While the report finds the state has performed well in terms of pandemic job recovery, it suggests slow wage growth, lack of advanced industry competitiveness, and underinvestment in technology were among the issues the Brookings Institute highlighted as hurdles for the state's economy and labor force moving forward. The average median earnings per worker reached 34300 in Indiana, while the amount was 36600 nationwide. And starting next year, online sellers who use platforms like eBay and Etsy and make more than $600 will have to report their income to the IRS. These platforms will have to send both you and the IRS a form reporting your earnings that you'll have to submit when you file your taxes. Previously, you only had to report your income from online sales to the IRS if you made more than $20,000 over 200 transactions. But thanks to a provision in the stimulus checks bill, the federal threshold will drop starting in 2022. A new survey found the cost of a sitter went up 5% over the pandemic. The national average rate for in-person babysitting has jumped to $18.36 an hour for one child, which is a 3.5% increase over 2020, according to Urban Sitter's 10th Annual National Child Care Rates Survey. And parents of multiples will be coughing up even more. A recent study by the Center for American Progress found the cost of child care in Indiana is up 17 to 70%, depending on the age of the child and location of the child care. GE is working on technology that can detect the coronavirus through a smartphone. The company said the sensors are smaller than a fingertip and can be programmed to detect the presence of other items of concern as well. Scientists at the company are also mapping individual cells from lung tissue from patients who have died from COVID-19 in order to help better understand who the virus infects and how it affects the body. Okay, let's talk about NASA here. The first helicopter flight on Mars is rescheduled. NASA says it won't happen until Wednesday at the earliest. The agency says a test of the rotor blades ended early on Friday because of an issue that the helicopter Ingenuity diagnosed itself. Scientists are working on the issue and will reschedule liftoff once it's solved. Hideki Matsuyama makes history at the Masters. He is the first Japanese man to win one of golf's majors. Matsuyama entered Sunday with a four-stroke lead, increased it to six at one point Sunday, then faltered slightly down the stretch as others surged, but he hung on to win by one stroke. It is his sixth win in America. Golf great Tiger Woods is congratulating Matsuyama, tweeting, Making Japan proud, Hideki. Congratulations on such a huge accomplishment for you and your country. This historical Masters win will impact the entire golf world. As for the Pacers, the team is heading back home, riding a winning streak. This is the first time the team has won three in a row since starting the season 3-0. and 
Guard Karis LeVert led the team with 34 points against the Memphis Grizzlies. It was his best scoring output in a Pacers uniform. Final score, 132 to 125. After the game, LeVert talked about working his way back to full health after his surgery. I feel pretty close right now. It's all about um, conditioning and heavy legs. I feel like it's, what, week three now. So if you put it in perspective, um, it's almost like training camp. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I'm, I'm getting back to it. I'm feeling like myself. My game feels good. It's Like I said, it's only a matter of time. Up next, the Los Angeles Clippers come to Bankers Life Fieldhouse to play tomorrow night. And finally, a local artist is helping the town of Speedway unveil its new municipal center. It officially opens today, including the artwork inside. Odwin Newman says this is a creative kickoff to the Indy 500. Tonight, the Speedway Municipal Center will officially open for their first public town council meeting. It's at the old PNC building. After a flag raising outside, people will be greeted inside with two special pieces of art. A permanent part of the building, perfectly depicting both Speedway and this year's Indy 500 race. Hannah Mordeaux reports. I don't remember a time. As long as he can remember, Odwin Newman's been an artist. So literally my entire life. And now for the rest of his life, his work will live on in the racing capital of the world. I think, my God, someone's going to be looking at this forever. Like the greatest spectacle in racing, these two new pieces of art will be a part of Speedway, featured in the new municipal center. This is huge. Yeah, 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 it's big. It's, it's the biggest, uh, biggest event in the world, so these two pieces are, are commemorating that. Naturally, the Indy 500 and Speedway staples are the themes. The banner here will say, driven by tradition. And featuring traditions like Spark Plug, the Water Tower, and Allison's transmissions, plus the bricks, race cars, and of course, this is the Pagoda, Borg Warner Trophy. Both simply started as sketches. About a minute. A minute! <laughs> Give or take. But don't let the shorthand fool you. It's like thinking through your hand. I mean, it's it's like a second language. It's a second language that speaks to race fans. We know some fans will be there. So I wanted to touch on that and I wanted it to feel hopeful like there's a new dawn or a new sun rising. And the sun setting on last year when Odwin made this 104th running masked masterpiece amid a pandemic, selling hundreds of copies to people who sadly couldn't be in the stands. Now, just the fact that IMS is vaccinating people is hope. And, and as an artist, I see that coming through in my work. You know, just that hope, that feeling, that uplifting feeling. A feeling we all have as the Indy 500 gets closer. The pandemic's finish line in sight. The brickyard driving us to win our own race. Blessed and honored and, and, and just grateful. Again, that was Hannah Mordeaux reporting. The ceremony starts tonight at 6.30. Then Odwin's art will officially be revealed. Plus, more of his work will be displayed in the art exhibit until June 4th. And he says his Indy 500 piece will be made into smaller versions people can buy for this year's race. This has been your News 8 Daily 8 for Wish TV. I'm Kylie Conway, online at wishtv.com, and follow us on Facebook when you search Wish TV. Check out more podcasts from the All Indiana Podcast Network now, now. at allindianapodcastnetwork.com. Allindianapodcastnetwork.com.